Hello, and welcome back to Film Inquiry Presents Blind Spots. I'm your host, Jake Tropila, joined as always by my co-host, Christy Strauss. Christy, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing excellent, thank you. So much so much so that I'm very excited to talk about this uh, slate of films that we have, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. Very thrilled to talk about them. Well, funny you should say that, listeners. Uh, we have a very special episode lined up for you. Not only if you've read the description, you will see that this is another one of our uh, double blind spots. We got four films on the docket, but we're also celebrating Th- Thrillvember this month. That's right, Thrillvember spawned a monstrously good time at the movies because we got four thrilling cinematic adventures that we're bringing to you. I recommended two, Christy recommended two, and now we're going to talk about them. Boy, aren't you thrilled to do be here, Christy. <laughs> yes, we just don't know how to stop. And I'm just curious by the end how many times we'll have said the word thrill. I promise I'll stop right now. But uh, yeah, so uh, without further ado, I mean, we got a lot to cover. So let's go into the first film uh, on the slate is one I recommended, which is uh, 1978's The Driver, directed by Walter Hill. He of the Warriors fame and uh, Hard Times, 48 Hours. A lot of uh, a lot of diverse and great films that uh, Christy was uh, looking over on his list before uh, we uh, started rolling. But uh, yeah, the driver uh, is a neo noir uh, crime thriller, I guess you could say. Uh, it's about a, uh, a getaway driver played by Ryan O'Neill who does jobs for criminals. Uh, he does them really well, and he's being pursued by a police officer, only credited as the detective, played by Bruce Dern. And there is another figure in the mix known as the player, and she's played by Isabella Johnny. And this is a crackling 90-minute suspense uh, awesome movie. It has a lot of DNA in Nicholas Winding Refn's Drive, um, which a lot of that film seems to have been remade from this movie. But, uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite films, one of my definitely one of my or my favorite Walter Hill film. And uh, I'm going to just throw it over to Christy to ask, what did you think of The Driver? Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, you know, as I know, Drive is one of your favorite films. When I started watching this, I was like getting very <laughs> huge Drive vibes. Um, obviously, this came out much earlier. So I was thinking this definitely gets inspiration from that. I mean, even just like with the opening with him being this getaway driver who's always very cool and confident and collected, just like Ryan Gosling is. Um, yeah. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. And I also love that it's the driver, the detective, the player, the connection. Uh, with another yes. character, I just thought nobody that that is was, named. Yeah. <laughs> nobody is named. Um, yeah, I even looked even further, and it's like red plain clothes man. Like there's literally like nobody named, and I just thought that it was a really interesting choice. And uh, so mm-hmm. much of this movie is is really just like the sounds and and visuals of car traces, like a lot of yeah. it. Um, I thought it was really interesting, even though obviously when you have a movie like this, you're going to expect it to a degree, but it doesn't. Uh, doesn't take away from anything with it being mostly that. And I thought that the cast is great. I really enjoyed Ryan O'Neill and Bruce Stern's kind of uh, back and forth. Yeah. Even though I love Bruce Stern, I, I didn't really like him in this movie, but that wasn't because he wasn't good. It was just because his character was kind of. I mean, eh. he's Bruce Stern's great. He's really good at being despicable in movies. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen yes. a movie called The, the Cowboys. Um, but he's, he's one of the few people to have killed John Wayne on screen. No, he, he can be despicable, which is funny because in person, he's very kind. He's like one of the sweetest people I've ever interviewed. Oh yeah. That's, that's very nice. Yeah. I, I've not interviewed, but I've been like 
helping him on the the press tour of Nebraska. And yeah, he was very, <laughs> very nice about that. But um, yeah, uh, when I first discovered this movie, it was, of course, years after I had seen Drive and I was just kind of like, wait a minute, is that is that just like a remake of this movie? Because it's got so much embedded if, like in that film from this one, uh, like Ryan O'Neill's protagonist, he doesn't have a name. He's but he's also like almost completely silent throughout the whole mm-hmm. film. He's just got a lot of stoic looks. He doesn't give um, away much at all. Exactly, which is the nature of the business he's in. But he's like this is the coolest I've ever seen Ryan O'Neill. And he's he's in a lot of other great movies I love, like What's Up Doc and Paper Moon, and he's very charming and charismatic in those. But here just like him being a strong or a, yeah, like a strong silent type really works. But yeah, you mentioned this movie is just car chases, and I think it's got some of the best car chases on screen just because, like, there's nothing really extravagant about them. They're very gritty and down-to-earth, and they play out like how you would imagine a car chase would just on the, like, the neon-drenched streets of L.A. at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, not it's, flashy, but it's thrilling. Ex- exactly. That's a perfect way to describe it. And, yeah, so the opening... Like 15, it's like, it's actually really kind of bookended by these two extended yes, chases. Yes, really long extended, yep. And yeah, and that's, and that's just one thing I love, um, which is kind of a running theme through all of these films, is that uh, I, I love a movie where it's about a guy who's just really good at what he does. Um, like uh, take uh, Jean-Pierre Melville's Les Samurai, for instance. It's another similar film in this vein. Have you ever seen that, by the way? Yes, I have. Yeah. And I haven't seen that. Yeah, just just the the existential cool guy is like the best kind of movie to watch and just yeah, him seeing how he operates vehicles and like just him knowing everything that goes on in under the hood of a car uh it's it's extraordinary to watch and uh there's another great scene where some guys want to hire him as their driver, but he doesn't want to work with them. And to show off, he, he does this audition where he systematically wrecks the car that they're yeah. sitting in. As and they're it's all like you might want to get that fixed before, <laughs> or, yes. before the job. Yeah. yeah. He's, I actually wrote down Ryan O'Neill oozes cool from like the first time you see him because it's, it's very much, and it's interesting because the first, you know, the first getaway drive in the very beginning of the film, he does like, he plays like chicken with the cops and there's like this, yeah. you know, tense scene. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of a, a scene early on in drive as well. And like mm-hmm. everyone in the car is panicking, but the driver is just like, you know, I got this. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very similar in that way. He's great. And he's got such a great look in this movie too. Mm-hmm. I was just remarking at the, like the combination of the black suit and then the blue dress shirt that's like unbuttoned down to the chest and and he just the way he just it just casually hangs on his body is it's just really really kind of um kind of nice to watch i guess you could say um <laughs> but yeah but he's so he's uh he he works well in his scenes against Bruce Dern because he's just kind of like a wall and and Bruce Dern is really like a live wire yes um, he, he's always he, trying to goad him like a lot yeah He's, and it doesn't he's, work. He's basically like kind of uh, at the at the end of his own career if he can't get the driver captured. So he yeah, enlists a bit with it. Yeah. He, so he like he he captures the other crooks who are not as good at getting away. Obviously, since they got caught, and he's trying to make a deal with them. Um, then the whole basically the last thirty minutes is this extended bank heist that goes into this uh, money bag switch that goes into a final car chase. 
um, which is really just this movie. Is, it's so one other thing I love about it is that it's just so remarkably pared down. Like I think it's 89 minutes by the end of credits. So there's like not an ounce of fat on it. Um, and uh, and yeah, uh, Johnny is also really good at it, like just oozing mystery and um, atmosphere in her performance as well. I just I just yeah, it's it's a movie. There's not much to say about it really, than other than it's it's cool and you should watch it when you agree. Yeah. Those that I think those are the best descriptors because yeah, with with uh, her character, she also doesn't really give much away, and mm-hmm. she also is just very cool. Like everyone's playing it cool. I would say Dern is the only one that uh that gets worked up really. Um, yeah. And of course, anybody that you know needs his help and he's they're not getting it or they try to screw Ryan O'Neill over, etc. But yeah, it's um it's a very cool film. I feel like that's, that's yeah perfect. I went to a uh, a screening of it with um, Walter Hill in person doing a Q&A after, and um, he said the reason it works really well is because of Dern. And, uh, yeah, if you've you, it, just the energy that he brings to the screen is uh, fantastic. But, um, yeah, if you're, a, if you're a fan of any sort of car chase vehicle, I guess you could say, uh, or if you've seen Drive, um, but you haven't seen this, I urge you, please go back and, and seek out The Driver. It's a really good time at the movies. Yeah, and they even sound almost exactly the same with the titles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, their their pro tag is both the driver in each film. That's yeah, it's really cool. There's um, doesn't have quite the memorable soundtrack that Drive does, but no, uh, I think of when not. it has works, it's um, hard to replicate that. Yeah, also also very kind of limited in its score. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the sound it, effects you know, it's are not amazing as well. Like you know, yeah. Like, as we talked oh, about, yeah. especially with like the car chases and everything. Yeah, the, just all the all the revving engines in this movie sound great, and um, yeah, and it's the the final chase is it, like it alternates between loud and silent, and it it mm-hmm. culminates in this thrilling sequence in a warehouse, which is like kind of like cat and mouse is changing roles between the two vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's great stuff. Yeah, cat and mouse is definitely much more of a theme in this one. Obviously, the, like drive mm-hmm. doesn't. That's more of him and the criminals. Where this is, you know, um, him and the criminals, but also obviously with Bruce Dern and, and the police trying to nab him, mm-hmm. and him never being shook even for a second. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. Even even in the face of authority, he's just like he gives them nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, Right on. Yeah. Any other uh, thoughts on uh, on drive the driver rather? <laughs> um, no, I almost called it drive earlier though, so I guess we're in the same mind frame. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was fun, and it really does breeze by. Like yeah, I, I mean, anytime you have like an hour and like half hour and twenty five minute movie, whatever the length is, it it tends to. But which mm-hmm. will also go into the next one that also does. But um, you know, yeah, it, it just uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think when you're dealing with a movie that's like a thriller, that's kind of what you want. You don't want it to mm-hmm. linger too much, overstay its welcome. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, It's got all the right elements in place, and it knows not to overextend its welcome is is perfect how you sum that up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just, I mean, just kind of like the driver. It just gets in and gets out, and it yep. does a fantastic does job of doing so. <laughs> yeah. It knows what it's doing, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Well, all right, then. You want to take us into our next film? Yeah, so from vehicles we will we shall move to the sea. Mm, <laughs> um, yes. My pick was the 1989 uh, Philip Noyce film Dead Calm, 
And this movie is about a husband and wife, Nicole Kidman and Sam Neill, who lose their child and they kind of decide to, you know, try to get past it as much as they can by taking their yacht out for kind of an extended trip. Mm-hmm. And while they're out to sea, they come across a, a sinking ship and rescue this sole survivor who is uh, Billy Zane in his, you know, his zaniest I don't know if it's a zanius, but he can definitely be zany, as his name suggests. And so once they get him on board, it's soon uh, kind of known that his story isn't exactly accurate as far as what happening, happened to his crew and if his ship is even sinking or yeah. the uh, circumstances of that. So, yeah. And you, you hadn't heard of Deadcom, right? I brought it up. I, I have heard of it. Um, it's uh, just obviously a film I've never seen. Um, but I've always kind of been aware of it mm. through the ether, not not as something. Well, you're never a Kidman heard... fan, so. I well, I do think Nicole Kidman's great. This is peak young, uh, early well, late '80s, early '90s Kidman. She's got the curly red hair, uh, you know, the porcelain skin. She's got it all going on. Um, so yeah, and uh, you know, I like Sam Neill a great deal, and uh, I guess I'm a fan of uh, the Phantom starring Billy Zane. So <laughs> really, not sure why I didn't seek seek this out sooner. But um, yeah, I was I was really quite pleased with Dead Calm. I think it's a like kind of like The Driver. It's just a, a crackling maritime thriller. Um, and uh, yeah, once uh, once they meet this stranger out in the middle of nowhere, um, Sam Neill gets separated from the two of them, and he's kind of holding the wife hostage as he sails off to God knows where. And Sam Neill's trying to repair the broken mm-hmm. schooner to get back to his wife. And yeah, the film is really just about the the both the struggles that they're having separately and also the struggle to get back together. But uh, yeah, this is this is also just kind of got the right elements in place and like the driver doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, I think I think it's also another great film where the the players are all resourceful. Like Nicole Kidman is is not a damsel in distress. No, no, actually at all. I was actually thinking about it the last time I watched it. Like you almost expect Sam Neill to come and save her, but yeah. it's actually well, we won't get into how it ends or what happens. But she definitely is up for saving herself. She's not you know a damsel at all, and I love that. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of nice um, moments of setup and payoff. Um, mm-hmm. one, one that like, I didn't even see coming, um, I'll say what it is, but there's, uh, there's a bit where they're on, she's on the ship and they have this dog on the boat with them. Um, I think his name's Benny or Ben or something like that. Um, and she opens up this uh, cupboard and, uh, there's like a pieces of a shotgun that you would assemble in there, but also a tennis ball. And so she takes the tennis ball and throws it into the water. It's a routine that they have with the dog. And so the dog runs and fetches it. And we've established that there's a shotgun on the boat. Uh, and then later on, she dismantles the engine and shuts it off with, like, the failsafe key. And then she runs up onto the deck of the ship, and she's, like, holding it in front of Billy Zane's face and taunting him with it. And then she throws it off into the ocean. But then the dog is instinctually gets it, like, because he thinks it's a game of fetch. And I thought that's, like, that was a clever twist. It's very clever because there's, like, a pit in your stomach because you're like, no, no, bring it back. But at the same time, Billy Zane's like, good boy, come on. You know, he's like, and it's a little almost kind of comical, the fact that he's, like, calling the dog in. And the dog's just having a blast, you know, retrieving something yeah. in the water. No, it's, it's, um, there's a few points in the film best way I could think of it, it's almost like seasickness. Like it's almost stomach turning a little bit at times, mm-hmm. unsettling. And like, that's kind of, you know, 
part of being a thriller. But I also love, and I've talked about this, I think, on our previous episode, that I love things that are set in, like, kind of one location Mm -hmm. or have, like, limited settings. And obviously the majority of this film takes place on the boat and then Sam Neill on the sinking boat trying to figure out a way to, you know, not die (laughs) and get to his wife. And, you know, I think especially with Billy Zane's characters, there's so much mystery about him. Like, I, I still don't even really believe how much is revealed in, by the end of it, that it, it's also kind of like from her point of view, it's it's kind of unsettling in that way, which is it, it's another movie that's a lot of fun, but it's definitely much darker. Mm-hmm. Than the yeah, he's, um, yeah he, he does some nasty horrible stuff yeah. on the ship. And then his his origin, like, I think it's kind of smart that we don't really get the full mm-hmm. background. We just kind of get glimpses of it. I guess he yep. was like some kind of videographer on a Girls Gone Wild shoot or something. But, and things uh, went very bad. Yeah. And we don't really know the, the entire specifics of it. But, yeah, yeah, we know that he's a psycho. Things, and... things, things got bloody. It's no doubt that he's a bad guy. Yeah. Even Even just, like, the way that he's rowing to them on the little dinghy. Like, mm. he's just kind of coming at them with such purpose. And, like, my mind is just thinking, oh, no. you guys, start start your ship and get away from that guy before he gets to you. Okay, um, so if you were in this circumstance, Jake, so you would have just been like, next boat, guy. Keep going. Just, Keep paddling. Is that what you would have said? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would just be – I'd be so confused. But um, <laughs> I, I, it's, I do like that, you know, they do attempt to lock him up. They so do, they yeah. They do recognize scooter. that it's not entirely – uh you know they and they he he ends up i mean they do actually lock him up um but mm-hmm. he gets out so when sam neil is separated from the boat so unfortunately yeah. at that point there's nothing you can do but yeah and he is very good at, at being like he's been a bad guy in several things i mean he can definitely nail that part and i he's definitely out of his mind there's even a part where he's just like dancing on the boat like he's yeah just, <laughs> like after they separate and Nicole yeah. Kidman's like knocked unconscious, she wakes up and he's just got the radio on and he's just dancing like a like a goofy dude. Yeah, like super goofy dance. It's actually it makes it even creepier. That yeah. He's just like in his own world, just like jiving. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's he gets this thing in their head that they're like friends that he keeps repeating, like like this, that he can trust her because they're mm-hmm. friends. Um yeah. Yeah, it and uh, also, but like also, what I really liked, kind of like how the driver is about a professional who's good at what he does. I love seeing Sam Neill just go through the lengths to repair the downed schooner so that he can start sailing after him. Like he's just the hours he spends like hand pumping water out of the engine room, um, and then also repairing it and using the uh, um, like the the Morse code static uh, mm-hmm. to communicate. He puts the work in. He yeah. definitely puts the work in. Like, I, I could have honestly just watched the whole, I mean, there is, I don't know if you've ever seen the Robert Redford movie, All is Lost, but I, I realized maybe An Old Man Lost at Sea is, is one of my favorite kinds of films, just because I could see a guy repair a, a schooner for hours, and I think it's, it's like the most thrilling thing I've ever seen. But, but <laughs> More yeah. movies where people just repair schooners. I mean, it's, it's well, I guess, you know. It's, it's, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a genre, it's just a subgenre that we don't have enough of, I feel yeah. like, you know. Well, I, I, you know, that's, and I think film is great for like showing what people are, can be good at. And I think also mm-hmm. like just the, the need for survival is the Absolutely. most compelling of human stories. Yeah. Uh, and if and you can be compelled in something like that, then that's saying something about the movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, going back to, to Kidman and Zane, you know, I, I love that basically like all aspects of the, like the ship are kind of used 
um, in at a certain point. Like we kind of we like everything is is kind of established, but it's not it's not like in an annoying way in your face. Like at like at no point does Sam Neill ever say, "Here, if you get lost at night, you can fire these flares and uh, they'll find where you are." And like we don't get any nothing is like spoon fed to us like that, no. which I really appreciated. We I, I'm say I said it like that because that's definitely something we would get in a, if this movie were made today. Yeah. For sure. It'll, like I would say, okay, great. Now I got to wait to see when the flares come back into play, and uh, uh, all the like everything else. But um, yeah, it, it's just kind of it's assumed that these people know what they're doing. Yeah, and you that feel that confidence, even though you know they're obviously going through this like horrible tragedy and 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 mourning. But they're definitely like probably why they go on the yacht not to just get away from the world, but they're also very like mm-hmm. they generally probably feel safe there and confident, and it's kind of their happy yeah. place, which is. You know, not good news for them, this movie, but, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, Deadcom is definitely, I think, memorable. And, and, you know, it's not like a perfect movie or anything, but it, uh, it definitely exceed, like, it definitely succeeds in what it's going for, kind of like oh, the driver. Oh, yeah. It, it hits its goals for sure. And yeah. then I know with a lot of, like, boat movies, obviously they're <clears throat> shooting in some kind of, like, tank that's you know, a controlled area, but, there's a lot of just sequences in this film where it looks like they really are out in the middle of nowhere. Like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I, know. and I was just I was just thinking of like the logistics of getting a full film crew out just sailing miles away from land. And it's like, all right, let's make this movie. And <laughs> just something went wrong. So I had like minor anxiety at the production of this. But um, yeah, it's uh, it was probably an anxious production. I, I got to you know, yeah, <laughs> I was just reading some trivia. It looks like it, it took like six months to film. Which I I believe completely. Um, yeah. But yeah. But no, yeah. It uh, it 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 pays off, and uh, yeah, it's got a got a great ending, which I won't spoil. Yeah. So check those two out. So you want to lead us with our your second pick? Sure. Yeah. So we got uh, this is a special. Not only is this a double episode, but we got a double themes here. We got mm. two if by land, two if by sea. And we don't uh, plan these things, just so you know. We, we yeah. Don't. We just think of titles that we both lo- that like that the other person hasn't seen. And we almost and then, did a couple other movies too, which is yeah, makes it even weirder. But there's a few that we rotated out. But yeah, once we got these on paper, it's like, oh, wait a minute, we can connect these two with this and these with this. So yeah, um, well the the next film uh, is the second film I recommended. Uh, it's a remake of a uh, French film um, from 1953. Directed by uh, Henri Georges Clouseau, uh, but it was made into this 1977 film directed by William Friedkin, and that film is Sorcerer. And uh, Sorcerer, uh, at its core, is about one of the most perilous journeys I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, and there's obviously a lot more than that, but um, I don't think any film has ever filled me full of anxiety. More than just watching parts of this film, um, Sorcerer also it's a it's a film that's kind of been rediscovered in the last decade. But there's a, there was a Blu-ray restoration of it, and I saw it in a sec- limited run theater screening, and it looked great. That's when I first heard of it. But Sorcerer was actually kind of buried for several years because it opened up within the same month of Star Wars in 1977, and nobody wanted to see this movie. They all wanted to see the new movie with uh, C-3PO and R2D2 and the gang. Um, but yeah, Sorcerer is, uh, yeah, it's, 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 um, four men from different areas of the world have all converged at this one spot in the middle of nowhere 
in uh, Colombia. They're in this remote village. Uh, 218 miles away from the village, this oil derrick explodes and is just spewing uh, like a stream of fire straight up into the air. And they have to transport these dangerous boxes of nitroglycerin uh, across the forest terrain to use them to extinguish the fire. And uh, that is that's basically it. Um, but yeah, Christy, what were your thoughts on Sorcerer? Yeah, that is kind of it. It's it's interesting one to try to summarize, I think. So with Sorcerer, I, I really did enjoy it. I feel like the second half of the movie kind of sold me on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the, the the film is structured, it introduces each of the characters, and yeah. then it you know goes to them you know meeting and getting this job, and then the journey. And I think my favorite part was the journey. I mm-hmm. felt like some of the intros stuck stuck it a little bit more than others mm-hmm. but everyone's really good in it it's not it's not bad by any means but once they're actually like on like you said like the most like grueling hazardous journey where there's times where it's just like a vehicle on the edge of a cliff made me want to like puke honestly it was yeah. like like very unsettling um and i think it, once i got to that point it, it got really, really good, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I just feel like it's kind of a, a slow burn to get to that point. But, in, you know, in which case, and I, I mean, I, I really did like it a lot. I, I feel like maybe there could have even been a little bit of trimming in the beginning. But it's interesting because all these characters are very different, but none of them are really very good people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And so it's interesting to put all these different personalities. Um, they're all kind of running from something as well. Yeah, so it's a it's a two hour movie, and like the whole every, the reason everybody remembers it, the journey it doesn't start to look basically like the halfway point, I believe. Um, but yeah, you're right. We do get these. We get four prologues that introduce each of our characters. Um, one guy is a hitman from Mexico. Um, one guy is a uh, like a Palestinian freedom fighter who runs from uh, the his just the the like the brutal military. Uh, another guy is a French guy who's um, facing fraud charges and he, he like abandons his wife mid meal at a restaurant. Uh, and then another one, um, uh, this guy is basically our, if there, if this movie had a main guy, it's this guy, it's Jackie Scanlon played by Roy Scheider of Jaws fame. Uh, he is part of the Irish mafia. And um, when a hit goes wrong at a church, he's on the run from gangsters and yeah they're all they've all basically just abandoned their lives they've assumed new uh spanish identities and they're all just hiding in like this middle of nowhere shithole columbia town basically and uh there's really not much to do there but um yeah once the uh the oil derricks explode uh this is where like everything kind of comes into place because they realize uh, you know, what we can do is we can use dynamite to snuff out the flame. But the problem is, is that the dynamite they have on hand has not been stored and rotated properly. So all of the glycerin has basically seeped out into the bottom of the crates that they're stored in. Um, mm-hmm. If they like shake them just a little bit, it'll spark and explode. If they yeah, and take, they're going through the most like if challenging they, terrain. Yeah. If, ridiculous I, roads. Yeah, but even like if they try to take them in a helicopter ride, like they wouldn't get a mile before they explode, even with all the insulation they can offer. So, and that's part of what I love about Sorcerer is just the, this build up to the second half because they they do like truck driving tryouts with all the guys, and right. our, of course our our four leads are eventually chosen. 
they, there's a truck building montage to get through the, the forest. Um, mm-hmm. the score is by Tangerine Dream and it kicks ass. It does. But, but yeah, once you get on the road, it's like the most tense shit ever. If you've, if you're even just a little, least bit familiar with the film, you'll see like the poster features one of the trucks on a rickety bridge in the middle of a thunderstorm. Yeah. I don't even think Indiana Jones would have crossed that bridge. No. <laughs> it reminded me of the one, and except obviously wide enough for a vehicle, but it is the sketchiest bridge to drive over in the best conditions, let alone the worst conditions and carrying explosives. Yeah. So that's the other thing, too, because not only are they going through the worst terrain, but the, all the glycerin is just packed in sand and the trunks and any any false move could send them off a cliff and they they would just explode because everything would shift. Yeah. But yeah, the the highlights are definitely the driving across the um the, the bridges. Um, yeah. like, and also the uh, acting, I really enjoy them together because I think that they're kind of expl- explosive in themselves. Their personalities, uh, in in some ways, are are very different. And absolutely, also like it's so tense. Um, even when they're just driving, there's there's one sequence where it's just going back and forth between the two trucks and they're mm-hmm. driving on the side, like I said, like on a cliff and they mm-hmm. just keep showing. I think it goes on for like 10 minutes or fe- like, it's just a really long sequence going back and forth and people, they're just like pouring sweat. They're just like white knuckle holding the steering wheel, just like terrified. Um, that, and it's really tense. Like it's <laughs> that they build the tension and not only how the, you know, actors are, yeah. They legitimately look like they're they're driving a truck full of explosives, but um, it's also just like there's so many things that could go wrong. It's, uh, yeah. it's a great sequence. And, and like I said, going forward, I think as well. But then there's also a lot of challenges that they run into mm-hmm. and some handle them better than others. And, you know, right. they have to make figure things out. And I don't know, I really enjoyed especially those those parts. And I, you know, it's not to say I don't like when we get to know the characters in the beginning, but I do feel like some people get more background, more screen time as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's certainly a lot of like, you know, we we each get their own prologue, but there's also Mm -hmm. just character developed in the action while they're on the road. Um, uh, Like the the one guy um, uh, I'm I'm forgetting on their names, the uh, the guy from Israel um, I think his name's uh, Kasim or something. He's yeah, Kasim. Yep. Yeah, he's he's like proves to be the most resourceful guy at all. And I think more oh, yeah. so that more so than the bridge scenes. I think my favorite sequence in the movie is where they come across like a gigantic Giant falling tree. tree. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and Roy freaks out at first, thinking he's just gonna use a like a machete to cut through like trees and go around like. And he's yeah. yeah. He, he's like, well, we can't get through the big tree. What if we cut down smaller trees, but still pretty big trees yeah. in the and woods yelling, and go around it? And then he was just laughing. That's what's so funny about all these characters that their responses are all like so different. Yeah, yeah Nilo's laughing. He's like, you know, he, he's, he's the hitman. Yeah. He's, he's firing his gun like a psychopath. But <laughs> yeah, Kasim sees an opportunity and actually, and then this is just going along with like watching people do stuff. The whole ten minute sequence of them planning to blow up the tree trunk is is just so exciting to watch. It, like, it is. The preparation for that is quite thrilling, honestly. Yeah. And and it and boy does that pay off. Um but yeah, and um yeah, I don't I don't again I'm I'm definitely not gonna give away anywhere anything where this goes. 
But yeah, yeah. like you said, the personalities are great because these are, you know, four essentially wanted men who kind of are only looking out for themselves and they, they clash with each other. Yeah, but, definitely um, very much looking out for themselves, but they're forced to, you know, yeah. kind of depend on each other to, to survive and, and get, you know, their payday. Yeah. So I've mentioned that this film was a remake. Um, I don't know if you've seen the original uh, film, which is called The Wages of Fear. Um, that's not. the name of the, the novel that it's based on. Um, I watched it years after seeing this, and I think I prefer Sorcerer. But from what I hear, it's basically whichever one you watch first is maybe the one that you prefer. Um, so, you know, with apologies to uh, director Clouseau, but uh, I, I think uh, Sorcerer is uh, the masterpiece of the two. Um, but but the other one is also quite good. Um, it's, it's just a lot of scenes play out identically, and the structure is pretty much the same. Like, it takes a bit for them to get on the road as well. But, um, yeah, Sorcerer is – it's another one of my favorite kinds of movies. Um, a, it's made in the 70s. B, it also is a movie where you watch it and you wonder how many people, like, got grievously injured in the production uh, or possibly killed because it just looks – like the guys, like it, it doesn't even look like it's like makeup within their like just all the grime and sweat that they're covered in. It looks yeah. like they really went through this. Maybe they forced uh, them to actually drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the most method acted film you've ever seen. But uh, it's you know it's also just a, a film. It's just a, watching these movies just reminds me that these are the kinds of things that don't really get made today. Um, no. You know it's a you know it went over budget. It, it was shot in the middle of a, a jungle. Half the crew got malaria, <laughs> including the director. Um, yeah, it's very bold, but uh, I think I think it's when you watch it on screen after everyone's all said and done. I I certainly think it's worth it. But um, yeah, yeah, me too. So that's uh, that's Sorcerer. Hell yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was another good pick. Um, so my pick was my last pick was also a remake, and again, this was not planned. Um, I chose the. 1991 uh, Martin Scorsese film Cape Fear, which of course is a remake of the 1962 J. Lee Thompson film Cape Fear. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen the original. Have you seen? I haven't. One? Okay, I have, but I can't remember which one was first. It's uh, it's tough to say. But um, yeah. So if you aren't familiar with the story, uh, this follows family um of Nick Nolte, and I don't know why I couldn't think of her name for a second, Jessica Lang and their Mm -hmm. daughter, Juliette Lewis. And basically a ex, um, someone that he had, he's a lawyer, sorry, Nick Nolte's a lawyer. Someone Mm -hmm. he had defended previously, which is Robert De Niro, Max Katie, gets out of jail after, I think it's like 16 years. Uh, 14. 14 years. Yeah. yeah. 14 years. And um, yeah. And he starts kind of stalking Nick Nolte and his family and threatening him. Because it turns out he, even though he was his defense, you know, attorney, he may have not, you know, he may have looked the other way with some things, which obviously goes against everything that a lawyer is, but that's okay. Um, And so that thus starts his kind of slow psychological torture of this family, especially Nick Nolte. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a movie. I mean, I I love uh, Martin Scorsese and I just... This is a movie that I've I've always really enjoyed. It's got such a vibe, it really does. Um, and yeah, what did you what did you think of the, the this remake? I thought this movie fucking ruled. Um, I, it's one of the few Scorseses I haven't seen. Uh, so of course this podcast continues our project to catch up on the things we always yes, mean to. There's at least a couple more that we will definitely be seeing yeah. too in the future as well. 
But yeah, I had seen actually parts of this movie, mostly in the second half of it before. And um, just my my opinion of it was that uh, Robert De Niro was like kind of I thought he was overacting when I saw it. But like seeing everything in context, I, in context, I think he's just great. Um, he, he's got this really wild southern drawl. And um, and yeah, it's as a thriller. It's just like Martin is Marty is just firing on all cylinders Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even I want to like just special attention to, uh, Thomas Schoonmaker's editing, like this film just, it's over two hours long, but it just, it rips and yeah. like, it's, it just got this like snap and rhythm to it. That's it's it like, this is like the perfect way to approach this material. And, uh, yeah, just watching an exceedingly tortured Nick Nolte try everything he can to get away from his previous, cause he was just a public defender, like, mm-hmm. like court appointed and it, it was just his opinion that like oh this this guy is on trial for raping a 16 year old girl and i have a daughter myself you know i'm i'm just gonna kind of uh you know i'll just let him sink and and it'll be done for me but de niro obviously took that to uh, he took offense to that and basically <laughs> plots, plots his whole this in, yeah for in, 14 years yeah, he teaches himself basically how to read and like how to like what law he needs to know. He starts defending himself and other trials. Uh, and yeah, that's what sets him after it. And then the way he antagonizes, uh, Nick Nolte is he does it in a way where he knows that Nolte can't do anything about it mm-hmm. because every time he goes to law enforcement, they, he says what he's done. Like, well, I mean, this is not, he's, you know, he's, he hasn't done anything wrong. We can't, we can't do anything to help yeah. you, Nick. There's even but, a bunch of times where they're like, you work in law, you know that there's nothing we can do if he hasn't, you know, and, he, and he's very smart with what he does. And he starts off like small, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the amazing sequence of him laughing in the uh, in the movie theater, which that, he told me you did not know the movie he was watching when he was doing that obnoxious laugh. And once you know, it makes it like, so much better. Uh, I it's funny because yeah. like I've always seen that image of like De Niro with the cigar cackling and and I I knew he was has this larger than life performance and I'm like oh you know he's just laughing in a movie but the I don't know if we should say but like the actual movie he's watching in the theater I was so surprised at what it was and it's it's funnier too because like the family's out on a date night it's like mm-hmm. the the parents and the daughter it's like oh they went out to see this movie together. Um, I, I'm not going to say just, you know, for the listeners, if you happen to not know, I, I would love for you to be surprised as yeah, I was. Especially if you know that movie um, that they watched. It's just something even funnier about it. I, I don't know. Yeah. And the sequence that he's laughing at makes it even better. Yeah. But yeah, um, I love that part. And he his laugh is just, I mean, he's so over the top. Like, I know you mentioned he overact, he, you thought he was overacting, but even just mm-hmm. like Pacino has occasionally, let's be honest, overacted. Sometimes it works. And sometimes it's just like, whoa, hey, chill. Um, and in yeah. this in this circumstance, like he he's so over the top in it. The movie in so many ways, though, is over the top, you know, stylistically, um, you know, the, the music is always like on top of you. Um, mm-hmm. Even the editing, which does a great job, especially in making this like very suspenseful. And but in a lot of ways, I think it's it's on purpose that it's he's kind of over the top. But it's so memorable, yeah. too. And he really hates Nick Nolte. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, and it's just yeah. their back and forth is 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 really good, and he's also incredibly creepy with Juliette Lewis, who I she was nominated for this. Um, yeah. So that so, that's what completely blindsided me is this like seduction sequence in the school where he 
pretends to be her drama teacher and they meets privately. Um, it's also like, like they're on like a set of like a grandmother's house and he's kind of like, he's basically the big bad wolf. Um, but like he, everything kind of like settles down as they have this casual conversation. And like, I was really taken aback by this scene and in the midst of all the lunacy and I'm like, Oh wow, really? Is this, this, is this the same movie? This is incredible. But yeah, the, that Lewis, Juliet Lewis is great. And that, that scene is great. Yeah, she yeah. is terrific because I mean, she's, you know, obviously someone that did a lot of uh, acting young and she, mm-hmm. like I said, I think she was nominated for this as well as De Niro, if I'm not mistaken. That, um, that sounds accurate. Yeah. But yeah, their scenes are, are really good for, you know, a multitude of reasons, partially because when he has exchanges with Nick Nolte, it's obviously very um, high. You know, I mean, it's very energized and, and yeah. uh, there's just this obvious tension and aggression. And he even has a scene with um, the wife as well and Jessica Lange. And it also is. But with Juliet Lewis, it's like there, it's very discomforting because in a way, you know, she they mentioned briefly that she had gotten like suspended or something because she had marijuana mm-hmm. um, and like she's obviously going through a streak probably in her adolescent or her teenage years where she's being a little bit more rebellious. And she at first when she doesn't know it's him, she's talking to this potentially this like teacher who's talking to her in a very inappropriate way. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see that it's like that dangerous side is kind of appealing to her. And then when she like, you know, realizes it's him even then it doesn't fully scare her away. And it's a, it's a really just kind of unsettling, but they are both very, very good in that sequence and, and multiple yeah. scenes. And, you know, we mentioned on boats, but there's really only the finale of this movie. Um, yeah. It's is on, a, is on a boat. And it's, it kind of, again, we won't spoil anything, but it kind of. It's important to the, to yeah. the film. So yeah. it's, it uses, it's like Southern, they're in Florida or off one of the keys or something like that, but it, yeah. it uses its Southern setting really well. Um, and then uh, like everything, like these, these two ostensibly professional men just kind of like devolve into, uh, like rabid animals by the oh, end they of both the film. do for sure. And, and it's Nick Nolte's almost like earlier yeah. uh, because he's just so frustrated, you know, he's like yeah. pushed to his limit and he, he goes to lengths to try to get back at him. And, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways, De Niro ends up keeping his cool. Um, even though there's this one scene where he hires some people to like mess up De Niro and it doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. And it's such a tense scene because he's hiding, like obviously terrified behind this like dumpster and De Niro just knows mm-hmm. he's watching and he's like calling him out. Counselor. Yes. Um, I feel like I've used, I've always said counselor for like, I don't know, ever since I was a kid, just kind of weird, but I quote movies a lot, but it's uh, just such a, (laughs) yeah, but it's just such an iconic, I don't know, the way he calls out to him and the way that they frame the scene and you can see just like Nick Goldie's like barely trying to breathe because he's like worried he's going to hear him and, and you can see like the rage kind of coming out of De Niro and there's also a wonderful shot with him. Um, sitting on the edge of their property, but not in their property yes. as like, by the way, the most obnoxious fireworks I've ever seen. There is oh, no yeah. stopping. Like, I don't even know how it's possible. <laughs> it, it, I think it's maybe it's supposed to be impossible because it just, it's like every two seconds they're, they're it, going off. I feel like it would have distressed every animal in a, you know, five mile range. Yeah. It's like, it's like maybe five different displays within 20 yards of each other, just all firing nonstop. There's no yeah. breathing room. But yeah, De Niro framed with all those behind him after he's freshly released from prison. Just calmly chilling, like, you know, leisurely. With a cigar. 
it's just we, a badass shot. I, I gotta say, De Niro is in such great shape in this movie. He's he's kind of like stayed, you know, he's older now, but he's all he's he's kind of just stayed in taking care of himself throughout the years. Like he's really ripped in Taxi Driver, but like he's he's a monster in this. Just yeah, for, like he says, you know, like most men. He, he like he said, oh, counselor, most men gain a year every or gain a pound for every year of their life that goes by. Me, I, I lost it. a pound every year. And he's like, he's got no body fat. and He's just super ripped from working out in prison mm-hmm. for 14 years. And um, yeah, he, he looks fantastic. Um, and also uh, the the stars of the previous case are both here. in it. Yes. And they have significant roles to Robert Mitchum and Gregory yeah. Peck. It's yeah. funny because, from my understanding, the their own roles in this film are kind of flipped from where they would be in the original film, because mm-hmm. um, Gregory Peck, who's the hero in the the or the the counselor in the previous film, he's now uh, he shows up as um, Max Cleaver's public defender, yeah, yeah, and he's like evil and God, he looks like Colonel Sanders kind of with his suit. <laughs> And and Mitchum is a uh, like a well I mean he's a cop but he's he's more on the good side of things but he's and also yeah. yeah it's definitely a flip I wonder if they did that on purpose and thought it would yeah. be fun like I wonder like how that was on set like <laughs> yeah if they had like memories of the other film just like I don't know there was like a little bit of is there well, the Katie side and the and the yeah. uh, Bowden side the <laughs> Bowden side yeah. It's, it's a good question, but also, I mean, we we haven't even mentioned this film's secret weapon, which is the yes, great. Belang. Oh no, I was gonna say <laughs> Joe Don Baker. Um, oh yeah, always <laughs> love seeing him pop up in things. And You're drinking Pepto and whiskey. Pepto and whiskey, like this is my daddy's favorite drink. And but there's a great scene, like you know we like De Niro's like very loud and and over the top at times, but there's a great also quiet yeah. sequence where. Um, basically it gets to the point where Jonah Baker has to live with them and have a gun at the ready and he ties yes. monofilament line on all the doors and windows and he wraps with them teddy around bear. teddy bear. <laughs> so he's, the, the teddy bear moves, he can track it to one of the windows and that's is that one of those things you like as well. Someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. This is <laughs> a run. This thrill Vember is just nothing but professionals Going against the worst of of their professions, I guess you could say, is our theme here. But but yeah, no, I I, I love little things like that. Um, yeah. And and yeah, he's he kind of helps exhaust every option. I love that he's like tailing Max Katie, and Max immediately buys him a meal, and he's made. So it's like there's no secret that he's after him. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's I you know I just uh. I can't believe I put this one off for so long. I was, I was really, really loved it. Yeah, I, I uh, really do. It's, it's one I, I saw young, as we talk about many times, mm-hmm. movies that we know. Um, and it's one that still, still sticks it with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, Ileana Douglas is also in this. Um, it's, it's got a really great cast just, just overall. It's, it's a good one. It's worth yeah. seeking. Yeah, it's great. And like, you know, like we said, Marty is firing on all cylinders. This is the, the first thing he made after Goodfellas, one of the best films of his career. And it's it's like he I mean, that's that's a filmmaker who just doesn't miss. Um, You know, it's it's always all, you're always in reliable hands when you're with, with Scorsese. You are for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that wraps. Yeah. Thrill-vember. What a thrilling episode. <laughs> it was so thrilling.
Mm -hmm. the, the most thrilled I yeah. can recall being on a, a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I got to wait for my fingernails to grow back before I watch any of these movies. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Well, uh, Christy, where can the good people find you on the Internet should you wish to be found? Yeah. So, you know, you can follow Film Inquiry uh, at Film Inquiry on Twitter. And my Twitter is at Strauss, S-T-R-O-U-S-E underscore Christy, K-R-I-S-T-Y. And what about you, Jake? Yeah, I'm at Jake Tropila on all things, J-A-K-E-T-R-O-P-I-L-A. Uh, follow the show on uh, Apple, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Let us know what you liked about the episode. And, uh, you know, as, as we are now, we're taking uh, listener suggestions. If yes. you think that uh, if you love a film and you think Christy or I have possibly not seen it, we'd love to hear about it and uh, potentially watch it on the show. We had a, a very hit episode couple weeks couple uh, months ago wow where we did such a thing and uh yeah looking forward to do that again yes but, uh, we already yeah. have it in the works so we we have more in the works absolutely yeah well uh thanks again for joining us everyone christy you have any uh, final words you want to impart to the audience no just yeah. uh you know let us know what you think of these four and if there's any others that we we should check out especially yeah. we like to be thrilled <laughs> and it doesn't have to involve a car or a boat that's so true. Something yeah. that's by plane. Give us a, um, a plane or a train thriller, you know. <laughs> Next time should be plane tra <laughs> planes or trains, and not to be confused with planes, trains, and automobiles, because that's a whole yeah. different vibe. But or, or you know, uh, uh, what else is there? I, I was thinking under siege to dark. Ooh, motorcycles. Those are good. Submarines. Yeah. yeah. Is there a bike thriller? I guess there kind of is. Well, I don't know well, if there I is. I feel like Tom Cruise would be in it. It's true. <laughs> All there right. Is, oh, well, there is there is a bicycle like uh, one with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Premium Rush. Yes, the, that does exist. The bike messenger movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah. Um, definitely let us know. And as always, thank you for listening and stay uh, safe and keep watching and, and listen to us. And watch yourself, counselors. Counselor. Groovy. Groovy.